<laughs> Hi, everybody. Let's see. <laughs> it's just going to keep repeating. Uh, I'm live, right? Let's see. Here we go. Um, I'll give everybody a few more minutes to... Okay, this is not going to work. I've got this. <laughs> Just a minute. Technical issues here. Hang on a sec, everybody. We're going to go... Why? I can't mute. Okay. Well, never mind. Uh, there we go. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first Sunday night sesh of... Max Lexia, and I'm trying to get everybody's comments here. Just let me know if you're here in the comments. I'll give a few minutes, uh, or maybe not, maybe, oh, seven o'clock, here we go. And um, certainly let me know you're here in the comments. If I can't reach the comments right now, I will address them afterwards in the um, post because I will put this, if you're watching live, that's great. If you can't get to it live, I will certainly post it on the web page so you'll be able to access it there. Uh, and so I welcome you tonight. This is very exciting. I'm a podcaster and a presenter. And um, so for me, this whole video thing is very interesting. And I think this is going to be a different, maybe a little bit more casual, a little bit more intimate. It's um, my dog will probably bark. <laughs> so here we go. I really do want to welcome everybody tonight. Thank you for taking the time. Like I said, if I don't get to the questions, I'll answer those. Uh, I'll answer those later. So this is the Max Lexia Sunday signature sesh, and really the reason I wanted to do this tonight was I'm going to have to keep moving around here because this gets in the way. The why, the what, and the how can Max Lexia help me? And really, so why was Max Lexia created? What can it help you with, and how it will guide you? So. If you've got questions, I've got the answers. And as I was preparing this yesterday, I was reminded of this. And so I think this is perfect. I'm gonna stop with the, uh, with the cursor. I think this is perfect. This is Mount Temple. It's in the Canadian Rockies. And when I was at university, I spent about four months every summer for about nine years out there and climbing, well, working, but climbing mountains. And I climbed basically every peak around Lake Louise and this was the one. This was the one to climb because why? Well, it was one of the most challenging and it was the tallest peak in the area. It is 11,636 feet tall. And you can, you can do an ascent up this that we're looking at right here. This is the north face. And as you see, it's basically a sheer cliff up the front. And at the top, there's a glacier, what's sort of overhanging. And so that's called a Serac and certainly pieces of that can fall down and just wipe you off the front of the mountain. I didn't do that. Um, what we did is without a guide, but with people who'd done it before, we did this Southwest Ridge. Now this is already about halfway up through Sentinel Pass and we did the Southwest Ridge and it was really, really amazing. Now I think they, they call this, there is a crux and there's a crux at every climb and the crux of a climb is basically the toughest part of a climb. The part where you just really have to push and get through. So it's basically like life. It's those tough parts, the toughest part. You got to push the hardest to get through to get to where you're trying to get to. And I think if we look here, I know the pictures aren't great. The, the, the 
pictures coming up are better than this. Um, if we look here, the second gray band, they call that the crux of this climb. Now, they call this a hike. They call this a scramble hike. Okay, uh, I'll buy that if you believe that hiking is hanging off the face of a, of, a, of a mountain with your fingertips. And literally, this is what it looks like when you're up there. And I do believe up here again, I'm going to go with the cursor. Up here again, uh, we have the second gray band, and that is the, the crux of the climb. We actually took the wrong avalanche chute up it, but we were lucky enough that we that that didn't cause any serious issues. But this is the kind of thing you're doing when you're when you're heading up there. Now, again, like I said, up here, uh, this is the second gray band, the crux of the climb. This is the Southwest Ridge. And a lot of times, like I said, people do get lost here and we took the wrong chute. Some people get lost all the way over here and need to be rescued from this point here because basically you can't, you can't get your way back. So that did not happen to us. Um, and so interestingly, of course, then you summit the mountain. Um, and this is the most incredible thing because really, I mean, as you can see, the view is absolutely like nothing you've seen before. Um, you have the entire world at your feet. You're looking out on everything, 360 degrees. And here's the uh, glacier in the north face with the Serac overhang. And that's the part that can drop pieces down if you're climbing the north face. But literally, it's not... Um, the interesting thing is it wasn't about conquering. It was literally about, um, you know, being humbled, being humbled by it, being humbled by the awesome beauty of it, by the power of it, by the grandeur of it, by the nature of it. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And really, um, I think this is relevant to what I'm bringing into today because I, it really popped in my head yesterday. And I think it's a nice, it's a nice little uh, segue here. So this is it. You're looking 360 degrees around. You're on top of the world and there's nothing like it. Now, of course, once you go up, you need to go down. So we headed down and 14 hours later, we were back down at Lake Louise, which is where we worked and where we, where we stayed in accommodations. And literally we went straight to the lake and we ripped off our, our hiking boots and we jumped in the lake. Now, I don't think you can probably do that anymore. Um, not in this crazy time, but even before that, there's probably too much security now, but we jumped in there. And as you can see, this is a glacier fed lake from the Victoria Glacier. And um, it's freezing. It is, doesn't go about, about, I think the highest it goes in the summer is about four degrees Celsius. So uh, for my American friends, I guess that is a little above freezing, a little above 32 degrees. Anyway, so, um, this this was really an incredible experience and what did I take away from that the lessons learned I mean if you look at this picture this mountain is just massive and just imposing and impressive and awesome and for me it was really about you know challenging myself to do something outside of my comfort zone and being humbled by that recognizing the accomplishment in that both in physical and mental strength because to keep going especially when we hit the crux was something you had to push through and I guess for me and this is sort of maybe I was always like that but for me this is really um, I guess my life philosophy is to really step up and do it challenge yourself to do it and step up and do it now when you do so you really have to really I think have faith in life and have faith in yourself and I guess for me that's how I've gone through things and um, 
it really is a leap of faith, if you will, right? To, to step into something that's really tough. And if you look back on your life, on the things that you've accomplished and some of the things that you've done, if we look back in retrospect um, and recognize how much work it was or how difficult it was, um, I don't know, maybe we would say, I don't know if I would do that again. And I mean, that could be anything from what, that could be anything from jobs to promotions um, to creating your own business, to creating your artwork and putting it out in the world, to running a marathon, um, to marriages. Did I not say my dog might bark? <laughs> Much more casual than present than presentations. Um, and so, um, really about. Um, see now he's thrown me. <laughs> he's thrown me off. But really about looking back. For example, having a pet. Did we all know how much work a pet was? <laughs> so, uh, or having kids, right? So in retrospect, a lot of the things that we do in life really are challenges. We really do step out of our comfort zone and yet we still do them because we have faith in life and we have faith in ourselves, and we do attain the goals that we're trying to, to reach. So a little background about myself is, um, my background is primarily science. My, my, my education is all science, two science degrees. I'm going to move up here. Two science degrees um, in, in university and then some personal training certifications, wellness coaching certification, and then serendipitously ending up teaching math and science in high school. And uh, for three years, it was nothing that I was uh, trained to do, but it was certainly an interesting experience for me. And it really did roll me into my ultimate private practice. And this is really exciting because this is when the fun starts. And <laughs> I remember saying right when I did it, I, I, I literally again took a step up the mountain because I didn't know what I was going to, how, how it was going to play out and how it was going to go down. But I did it anyway and I had faith that somehow I put the work in and it would work out. Now, one of the first things I, I remember saying consciously, I said this out loud to myself, probably to other people, I said, well, you know, I'm going to work with high-end science students and I'm going to tweak some curriculum content for science and, and that's it. I'm not interested in any of this learning disabilities stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. So here we are 17 years later and this is my reason for being and my true purpose in life is to truly embrace the dyslexic life experience and help people reboot their lives and live a better, uh, uh, live a better dyslexic experience. So kind of funny that that was one of my first quotes when I, when I opened my office. So, um, uh, so the interesting thing, like I said, this is when it gets interesting. So right away, what started to happen was what opened up my door and dyslexia, 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 dyslexia came in the door. And I really didn't know much about it. I was not trained in it. I didn't know anything about it, but I'm very privileged to be able to work one-on-one -on -one with people in my coaching and tutoring business. And so I'm able to observe, I'm able to learn, I'm able to ask questions. And I have to be honest, I learn more about math and more about life from this experience than I ever did in school. Now, the interesting thing that I also noticed right away was that all these students were failing. That's why they were seeing me. They were failing, they were failing math. Sometimes they were failing even more than math. And what struck me right away was the fact that they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. Everyone in my practice is average to far above average IQ, extremely highly intuitive in math, very strong math abilities, 
and yet a chronic history of failure in math in school. And so what I, what I came to recognize, which really truly was heartbreaking, was that what was happening, and I see most of these students starting in about grade seven, so here this would be considered high school, middle school maybe, if you will, um, and by that point, what I recognized was that their self-esteem and their self-confidence was completely, completely crushed. And it was crushed based on some of the experiences that they had had up to that point in an academic setting. So, well, what did I do? First of all, it made me, made me sad and made me angry. <laughs> and so I decided to go and present at math conferences. Now, this is also a whole lifetime ago, as in um, last November. <laughs> so um, I went to math conferences and I started to present everything I'd learned, everything that my, that my peeps had taught me about dyslexia, about math with dyslexia, about school with dyslexia, about the dyslexic experience. And um, at the beginning, uh, I would maybe talk about maybe five minutes, pretty apologetically about the emotional piece that I was seeing and experiencing with these students. And um, because I didn't recognize that was the piece. But, you know, here I was taking students from failing. So even as low as 30% in math and getting them up to 80s and 90s percent in math. And at the end of my presentations, people would come up and they would ask me, they would say, um, well, what are you doing? How are you doing this? What is it that you do that's working? We want to do this too. And I have to be very honest, full disclosure here. When I started that, I would say, I don't know. I would literally look at them and say, I, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. And um, I didn't think that was fair to them or to myself. And so I literally sat down and started to formalize what it was that I was doing. And if you look at this, this is the way I work. I've sat in front of blank computer screens trying to be creative and nothing happens, blank. This is how I work. I need dot paper, a pad or a booklet or a journal, or whatever kind, and my rainbow of markers and it all, it all comes out. Now, the, fun, the thing I find interesting about this is that we're talking about math. And if you look at this paper, there's really not much that's talking about math, except the top, which is a quote from my, from my peeps. That's the first thing I always hear from them. I suck at math. And so what I started to realize, and I look at this page and I, in, in orange there, it says, see the light shine and reflect the light back. And literally that's the first thing I always see the light shine from them. And I would reflect it back and I would reflect it back and they would avoid it. And I would change it and I would reflect it back at them and they wouldn't want to see it and they didn't see it. And the minute that they saw it for themselves, that was it. Ticket is written, off you go, it's done. The work is done. And that's when I started to get phone calls from, from the parents and they're like, thank you so much, this is so wonderful. What have you done? What's happened to our child? They're, they're off and they're doing this and they're succeeding and everything. everything's working out. And I'd say, well, you're welcome. And in my head, I would be thinking to myself, you know, I'm not doing anything anymore. I'm not doing anything at this point. They're doing it for themselves. They're doing it on their own. And again, I had to reflect and say, so, so what's going on here? Um, you know, what, what has brought them to this point? And that is literally what I formalized into 
my signature program. And these are the steps that I've worked through for 17 years with every single person I've worked with dyslexia. This is the way we've worked through and I've seen it time and time and time again be an incredibly successful uh, process to get to a point where they are shining their own light in the world. And um, I think that's what's interesting and unique about what I'm putting out here. It's, this is not a math program. It's not a reading program. It really is about rebooting your dyslexic life experiences and making peace and, 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 and accepting some of what's happened in the past and moving forward in a different, in a different script. So, um, whoop. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so I did formalize my successful process took a lot of work, a lot of reflection, but this is what I offer to you. And why am I saying this is really because, um, the, my signature program is, I, I, I guess I'm telling you this cause I don't want people to think this is just a cookie cutter thing. Um, something learned in a textbook or at school or something I've Googled and that I've repurposed and repackaged to just to get, just to sell. Literally this is 17 years of work with, dyslexic clientele that have moved through this process and time and time again I've just seen it work and so this is what I've put together now what I call this and it, it I did it with all my heart and what I call this and I always do this and I don't know why but I, I always go like this and I say it's just this gem that I'm holding in my hand that I want to to release out into the world and um, it truly is uh, a beautiful thing. It is creative. It is truly my life process and my life work that I've put out there. Now, interesting part is that again, a lifetime ago, as in last, just this past February, I took another step up the mountain and I hired a company to help me with my Max Lexi website because I wanted to start getting this out now. And I thought, oh, if I start with the website, this is just going to be crazy and um, not going to have time for this. I want to get into the content. I want to put the online courses out there and get the content going. And so I hired this company. I stepped up at quite an extensive um, monetary expense. And then I was ready to go and ready to keep working. And literally the world ended. The world just stopped. And... Um, so with the backdrop of lockdown and a global pandemic, I sat there and I poured out my, my life's work. Now, it's very interesting because it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And it was the most effortless thing I've ever done. Like that's why I put the water here. It poured out of me. It literally poured out of me to the point where now when I go back and look at some of the I had to leave it for a bit when I was finished. I was, I was drained and I go back and I look at it and I don't even remember some of the things I put in there. I was like, Oh, that, that's, I forgot about that. And so I spent every day, hours and hours, every single day. I did not take a day off for a couple of months and I kind of lost track at maybe three months. And I think I probably did about one to two years of work in those three months. So literally for me, that's my silver lining in this very challenging time we're all facing our own challenges whatever they may be and um but it's certainly a reflective time self-reflection and growth and learning and for me i will take it as the silver lining that i had the time to actually create and put out my my life's work so i'm going to go with that now here we go what can max lexia help you with and um really it's about 
that the belief that you have in the negative internal dialogue and the self-talk that you have, and I've heard it from my peeps over and over again, the words they use about themselves, that as a result of past traumatic dyslexic life experiences, usually in early academic trauma, and this is holding you back personally and professionally. Um, so what do we have? Well, we have a whole range at this point because like anything in life, there's not just one size fits all. And I'm all about the not one size fits all. So we have Mr. Yellow over here and basically he's completely shut down. His life, he's never lived up to his potential in school or in any job he's ever had, series of jobs that do not even come close to his capabilities and abilities and um, troubles with relationships, um, mar marriages, breakups, um, and even um, lack of jobs and even down a very dark road of addiction. And I've seen that. I've seen it all. I have seen some really dark roads based on this. So as a result of these early academic traumas. Now, we have a whole spectrum from there all the way to Mrs. Gray over here. Now, Mrs. Gray is the successful, famous, accomplished, rich, um, someone who's really attained the level that they've wanted to and, and needed to in their lives. They're entrepreneurs, they're actors, they're inventors, they're artists, they're creators. And, you know, we have our uh, here I wrote a list here, uh, are James Dysons, Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, Jamie Oliver, Kira Knightley, Aaron Brockovich, and the list goes on and on and on. But there's also many brilliant, accomplished people that are not famous that are also on this end of the spectrum. And what I mean by this is that they've accomplished things, but yet the emotional scars of those early academic traumas are just below the surface. And this dyslexic world is really, to me, it's fascinating. It's brilliant online. It's an incredible community of positivity and support and wonderful people just putting stuff out there to just, I don't know, I find it so positive. It resonates so much with me. And there's one woman on Twitter that I recently followed and she just put up a little video of something about her son who just graduated PhD from, I think it was Oxford University in the UK. And she figured everything's fine now. So now I can ask him, I'm going to ask him what happened to you in first grade. And she said he completely shut down and broke down in tears. And you can go on the internet or on Twitter, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and find any number of videos of people who, um, who are grown women and men who, when they start to discuss, those early times, usually again, in the early school years, they will literally break down in tears. So that's at the end of that. So point is for Maxlexia, wherever you are in the spectrum, whether you need to completely change everything that's happening in your life, or you need to make peace with those emotional scars, it's, 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 it's good for everyone. There's no one size fits all, and it's going to look different for everyone and that's okay. So um, who is this for? Well, it's pretty obvious that it's for anyone with dyslexia, not living up to their full potential, whether it be in their jobs or in their relationships and not finding their true purpose in life because they don't believe enough in themselves. Their self-confidence and self-esteem is still shattered even in adulthood 
and they're not shining that light in the world that they need that that they need to do that that's why they're here it's also like i said that would be mr yellow and then this would be on the other end of the spectrum anyone with dyslexia who has accomplished great things but who still has triggers that elicit emotional responses and part of what we do is we do we do address these and generate strategies so um how will it guide you because we didn't have a guide up mount temple but you will be guided up the mountain through the dyslexic um maxlexia process signature process so mm, 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 here we go i'm going over here um so i've broken it down into sort of three salient points here the three main things that we do is we address we acknowledge past traumatic dyslexic experiences and then recognize, this is the important part, recognize and actually physically release the emotional reactions and effects from those experiences. Then we can work into shifting from negative to positive. So you're starting to reboot that inner dialogue. All those words that you said, that you, that you, that you have defined yourself by, we're gonna start to shift that into a, a whole new definition and write a whole new script. And then finally, you're able to find your true purpose because you do have that deep, um, satisfaction of knowing who you truly are and believing who you truly are and then you can live and shine your light in the world and celebrate your dyslexic brilliance and I've seen it time and time again this is the most incredible life-changing um, work and experience so here we are we have the mountain uh, this is a beautiful picture which is why I just left it in there I'm trying to see where I need to go next maybe down here uh, and what are the steps to get you up the mountain well, the steps to get you up the mountain are, these are the seven modules of the signature program. So again, like I said, we go back to past traumas, not to sit there and live there and be there, but to literally acknowledge and to release the emotional baggage and scars that these have left with. Then we start to address the self-talk. So we can go in now and we can start to, to look at the words that we're using about ourselves and start to see that these things need to have a shift and move to, in a different direction. So we deal with the inner dialogue and start to rewrite the script. Then when has dyslexia held me back? And I hear this all the time, but you know, um, oh, I can't possibly apply for that job. I'm not smart enough for that. I'm, I can't do that. I'm not gonna apply for that university degree because there's no way I'm gonna get in. Um, and all the times that you've let it hold you back and for what reasons you believed that it was held, held you back. Then we get to module four and this one i love it and it's intense and this was right in the middle of lockdown that i was writing this so this was a very very intense module at a very intense time and really it is about the ptsd so it is recognizing first of all that those early experiences as a child in school being asked to read aloud or being asked to do something in front of the class in front of your peers and getting ridiculed truly are trauma and that you have lingering ptsd and emotional effects from that. But the interesting thing too, is now we wanna move out of that again. So we're going to start to recognize the triggers because even if it's 10, 15, 20, 50 years later, somebody can say something about your spelling, um, about your workability, and um, the emotional response is back as if it was, if, as if you were right back there in front of the class. So we do generate strategies to diffuse the triggers. Then we get into the good, so that was the crux. The, uh, module four is really the crux, the tough part, you gotta push through, and now we get to the good stuff. So the soul sings, starting to recognize your own, your own strengths, 
your own characteristics that you've always known you have, but are, are um, in disconnect with what you've always been told. You've always been told, you know, implicitly or explicitly, you're stupid, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough for this. And you've always known, you're like, but I, but I know, I know, I know I'm intelligent, I know I'm capable, I know I can do this, but I guess I'm not because that's what I'm being told. So here's where we're gonna start for you to put those words out and, and start to rewrite the script. And so that reboot really is about rewriting the script and changing, changing it from the negative to the positive, the shift. And then module seven is just wonderful. I, I don't know, like I said, it was just pouring out of me and there's a whole creative piece in here that I think is absolutely beautiful to come up with in whatever way that you want, that works for you. Um, um, a physical manifestation of this new description of yourself and the new way that you're defining yourself so that you can, whether it be a piece of art or a piece of writing or a, uh, whatever you want, uh, making a quilt, I don't know anything, but, um, that you can look at that and you can be reminded and say, this is, I am this. And really to me, that is the exciting part about this. So the signature program, uh, you can, you can, you can work your way through that and experience it in three different ways. There is the gold standard, which is the signature program with coaching. This is entirely one-on-one. -on -one. So you get the program, you have the seven modules, you work through them one week at a time. So one module per week, we have a one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one coaching session. So that will touch base, see how you're doing, what's happening, make sure that you're on track with what, what needs to happen. It's some accountability too, to make sure that that you complete the process because it really is an arc of a process. You don't want to stop. <laughs> you don't want to stop climbing the mountain at the crux. You want to get up there and summit this mountain. So the other way to do it is self-paced. So you just get the course, you have the seven modules and you progress through it at your pace in your own way um, with, with whatever works for you. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Obviously, if anything's going on, uh, you can reach out and um, we can add on to anything that you need in order to help you get through this. And the fun one is the Max Lexi group quest where it's a small group and we work through the seven weeks, the seven modules, one module released every Sunday night. And um, then you work through the process and on Thursdays have a group coaching session. So it's kind of nice to have a group because there's some support, there's some discussion, there's some um, people can help you with what they've been going through too. And you recognize that you're not alone. And uh, so that's a really fun one with daily motivation and a group, um, a group coaching session per week as well. And that's, uh, that's for seven weeks. So if you've recognized in your life that it's time for some change, uh, I definitely encourage you and invite you to challenge yourself to take the first step and you will be guided. <laughs> and eventually through that process, you will live up to your full potential and really go out and shine your uniquely dyslexic brilliance in the world. And that's what you're here to do. So that's what it's all about. The Max Lexi signature program. And now I would welcome you, uh, to go over to my website, maxlexia.com and you can go to the courses page and a lot of it, you can just take a quick, a quick view of it and you'll, you'll just see a little brief blurb, but you can also go in and really, you can't access the content, but you can see, all of the different uh, parts that are um, uh, that are components of each module, and that'll give you a pretty good idea of what what's what's going to happen with the whole thing. So I invite you to do that, 
and to reach out and contact me if there's anything you can always message me um and again like i said i will post this on my facebook page so you can access that as a replay if you didn't get the chance for the live and in the meantime have a great week everybody stay safe peace out and we'll see you next time